Hello, welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. So today um, we have a very special guest, uh, Brad Quinn. We, <laughs> I have a very special guest, Brad Quinn, um, race, one of the race directors for Tejas Trails, um, who just recently handed over uh, a lot of his duties to my friend PJ. Um, but uh, Brad has done or accomplished something pretty incredible. Um, not very long ago, he did uh, 20, try that again, 400 marathons, okay, yeah, 400 marathons over 400 days, and uh, I hope I'm saying that right, um, which is a pretty amazing accomplishment, and he was very quiet about it, um, but, you know, a few of us in the know knew about it, and uh, and he agreed uh, to be interviewed to talk about that experience, so um He's a wonderful person. He lives up in Wisconsin, which is where he's from originally, and then ended up in Texas for a long time, um, but recently moved back to Wisconsin, but has been kind of uh, shuttling back and forth between places uh, to help race direct. Um, he will be at, uh, in, if, in case you want to meet him, IRL, um, he will be at Reveille Peak Ranch uh, at the end of August. And... Um, just a yeah i can't say enough about him and his lovely wife nyla um just a delight i love working with them and uh they're just you know lovely people but anyway um i think i'm gonna call this uh extraordinary people i don't know i still haven't really come up with a good catchphrase for for this type of episode but um i really hated profiles and courage that was too much of a cliche so i think we're gonna just uh, stick with extraordinary people. And so here is the latest in that continuing, um, what do you want to call it? Uh, uh, episodes of, of such things. So anyway, here he is, Brad Quinn. Okay. Well, give me some parameters. Yeah. Okay. So oh. I'm here with Brad Quinn and we are going to talk about uh, your career as a runner and also um, a and I still haven't really come up with a, a name for this yet. I mean, I was originally calling this thing like profiles and courage, which is such a cliche, um, but about people who have done extraordinary things um, who are seemingly ordinary people. I mean, this is not to diminish your, um, oh, right, right. you know, accomplishments or anything, but it's not like, you know, you're uh, Jim Walmsley or something who's getting paid to right. do stuff, you know, it's like, um, you know, so, but anyway, yeah, so that's, you know, and you are a, um, a race, are you still considered a race director for Tejas or are you retiring from that or how do I just No, no. So I still have, um, so through this year, you know, I'll finish up this year with the, uh, Reveille Peak Ranch, the Captain Carl's at Reveille Peak Ranch, um, at the, what is it? The last Saturday in August. And then, um, and then I'll keep doing the Tanajas event in December. Yeah. And then the festival. So I, I didn't want to give up uh, Texas entirely, you know, so right. that'll be nice for me to still have um, a connection with y'all and, and be able to come down and do those races and, and, um, you know, then possibly be able to run a little bit more with Tejas instead yeah, of directing helps. as much. Yeah. 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 So, so, so you uh, are originally from Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yes, yeah. yes, Green Bay, mm -hmm. born and raised. I'm like Wisconsin, Minnesota. It's like people with you know, from <laughs> Ohio, and people are like Ohio, Iowa. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they all we all have, we kind of have the same accent up here. So yes, yes, yes. yes. And I adore the accent because I recognize it. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> I know you can pick it out of a crowd, can't you? Oh yeah, no. Uh, I, well, I'm like, oh, you're from the Midwest, aren't you? And right. Oh, <laughs> oh, you betcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was born, raised here, and then uh, 18 um, went out to Fort Collins, Colorado, and. Um, started school out there what is that 1991 I think I started school what and then I, at first you know I was just kind of open I just knew that I wanted to be in the mountains like I, I knew I didn't want to be in Wisconsin anymore and I want to get out and travel and see life and, yeah. and that type of thing a little bit more and we I, I didn't have 
you know, I picked three or four schools that I wanted to go to that I could get into and traveled around to them. And, and once I got to Fort Collins, I was like, oh, this is where I want to be. And it was uh, it is just a really neat community. And so, and so, okay. so explain to me, because I don't know a lot about my Colorado geography. So where is Fort Collins, in, you know, in Colorado? It's right along the front range and it's about an hour north of Denver and it's wow. probably 90 miles south of Cheyenne. So okay, it's, so you, you know, that. it's close. Yeah. It's close to the Northern border, but um, yeah. So, and it's right there, you know, you're at the foothills and you know, you're three hours from Vail and two and a half from Summit County and just, you know, it's just a, a fun, fun place. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, And so I was there for, you know, a year or two before I kind of figured out what I wanted to do. Um, and then occupational therapy. So right. I got my de degree in occupational therapy. And then during that time, um, I did a couple of study abroads. I was lucky enough. I did a study abroad in Belize that had nothing to do with my degree, but I was waiting to get into Fun. occupational therapy school. So I went down there and did you know, oceanography and cultures of Belize. And, you know, um, it was, it was loosely defined as college. So it was more of a life experience, but it was, it was super fun. And, you know, it definitely scratched that travel bug of mine. Um, and then I also got to do uh, an internship in Nicaragua um, for occupational therapy. And that was just really neat. And then, um, I met Nyla, my wife, she was, she's an occupational therapist too. I didn't know. Um, I, yeah, we met in OT school and she was actually, um, going, I was doing my final internship in England and there was four of, there was four slots open and I got one of the slots and like three weeks before we were supposed to head over there. One of the ladies in our class she couldn't do it and so then Nyla um slid into the spot and wow. then we went over there and we started dating and the rest is history the rest is yeah 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 so then when we got what's that how long have you been married um 21 years yeah we just wow. had our 21st That's thank sweet. you yeah. yeah so then after school I convinced her to move up to Green Bay for a year. We spent a year up here. Where was she from? She uh, originally was from Iowa until she was like okay. 10 or so. And, <laughs> yeah. And then. Ugh, I think I've lost you. She went to high school and then she got her first degree at Texas Tech. Oh. And journal. Sure, no advertising i think okay. um and then she decided that wasn't what she wanted to do full you know and then she went back and she became an ota assistant i think and she came up and we kind of met so then we were in green bay for about a year uh -huh. um and then uh just kind of getting on our feet and we did our first professional job and all that kind of stuff and then um her dad carl captain carl started to yeah. get ill Oh. And so that's what brought us to Texas. Okay, I was gonna, I was wondering about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's what brought us to Texas. So we got to Texas, but we knew we didn't want to live in Dallas, and we had some friends in Austin, and so we went down to Austin, and we had a there. Lived down was in two thousand, and I had a job out in Burnett. I was the occupational therapist for the entire Burnett school district. Wow. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. And, um, and so I was commuting out there each day and she had a job in town and we wanted to, then we got engaged and, um, we got married and we couldn't afford anything in Austin. So that's when we moved out to Marble Falls Nice. and got a little house out there and started the family. I love Marble Falls. It's, it's probably one of my favorite towns in Texas. Yeah, it's the neat, it's definitely, um, you know, one of my favorite places in Texas, that, that hill country area there is, it's is just, special. Yeah, sure. I mean, I realize it's got a lot of money. <laughs> mm -hmm. It reminds me of Canyon Lake, which is um, not too far from San Antonio, you know, just like kind of a boating community and lots of money and yeah. beautiful. I mean, there's just 
yeah it's better than well there and there are pockets too i mean it's there are definitely people on the lake with money but then so then after um (laughs) right right so i did uh pediatrics i did uh occupational therapy in the burnett school district for 10 years and then i did 10 years of home health and so i traveled all throughout granite shoals and that whole area Mm -hmm. you know and there are definitely you know a lot of disadvantaged you know it, that's just it there's a very diverse group out there for sure but um oh, yeah okay. so it's a it's a it's a neat community um and then so so to tie it kind of back all into captain carl so then carl was diagnosed with lung cancer i can't remember if it was maybe like 2004 but then he went through treatment and he would take you know one step forward and then kind of two steps back and um then i did a relay for life Mm-hmm. when I was in Burnett and I ran around a track for 12 oh, yeah. hours. I've done that before. Yeah. 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 And so then that's kind of how I got the idea for the Captain Carl's races. I was like, well, this is a lot of fun, but it, maybe instead of doing it on a track, let's, you know, go out to a state park. And I have been running a lot out of Inks Lake. And yeah. so, so that's how in 2006, we kind of started it in his honor and he was there for the first one. Um, and then he passed away six weeks later. And so that's kind of the genesis on how everything kind of started. And, and the reason that why they're at night was because the Relay for Life was at night. And obviously you can't be running those types of distances in the sun, you know, in oh. of August in, in <laughs> Texas. And so, yeah, it was, you know, how that's how they- How old when he died? Oh gosh, he, I think he was 70. Really? He was a few yeah, he was he was six or seven years older than than Eloise, his wife. And okay. he was She's such a he, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was just here. She's She's the one who great. does artwork, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Oh, and um Carl was wonderful. He was such a nice nice guy. I mean, he was never into running, but he um his his spirit was more of he loved to entertain and you know, he loved to he loved to cook and do things for other people and just, you know, kind of celebrate life. And so that's, you know, one of the the things that, you know, we try to bring to the races, which is, you know, not unique to our races, but, you know, just really try to make an experience and, and just make it, it fun. And, you know, I know that you kind of have a music background where you like to go to um, concerts and stuff like that. And, and right. I used to see a ton of, ton of concerts when I was younger and that's kind of what I think of the races like now is like they're like nighttime fun for adults without, you know, some of the negative stuff that we used to do Absolutely. when we would go out and go see music. I know it's the only way you'll get me to stay up all night. I mean, honestly, at this point yeah. in my life, and I love it so much. And I yeah. And so how did you come up with the concept of doing a 12 hour race? Um You know, 60K, 30K, 10K. Was it always this way or how did that evolve? Yeah. So the first two years, you know, I really had no idea what I was doing and the races were not very well put on, but, you know, we hustled and did the best we could. And I think that kind of came across to people is that they're like, okay, the races aren't perfect, but they're really busting hump. And so um, we'll come back the next year, but it was just kind of off that, um, off that format of the relay for life, the relay for life was 12 hours. So then I, I, came up with that and I was like well, okay let's just do it for 12 hours and then um I think we had a three hour and six hour as well so then I just kind of broke it up and and so then the first two years it was just Nyla and I and then in 2008 um you know I had been running a bunch of Joe and Joyce's races so then I had kind of befriended them and Joe and I kind of came together and he offered to Tejas help me trails, I, just for those who don't Tejas know. trails yes Joe yeah. and Joyce Brashidas yeah. Yep. So they were the third year they came on and helped, I think the third year through the 10th year. So they were, they were with us for six or seven years. And so they were really, you know, instrumental in showing Nyla and I, you know, how to do things yeah. and how to treat people and, you know, just all the stuff that, you know, we really didn't know what we should know. And mm-hmm. so they were, you know, they were, wonderful and we wouldn't be where we are today without you know without them and so yeah yeah 
And so then I think the third year, then Joe was just like, well, maybe we should uh, to help with the numbers. I'm like, maybe, maybe we should uh, try to split it. Well, maybe, I can't remember. Maybe the third and fourth year, we still did it hourly. I can't, I don't, I don't remember, but somewhere in that time frame, we changed it to mileage. Okay. Um, and then we went from just the one race to three races. And then we got rid of Inks Lake. Um, right. And we used to actually have the 10K and 30K in the morning and the 60K at night. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and then Joe and I like, why, why are we spreading this thing out, you know, for two days, essentially? <laughs> Tell us. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like anything, you know, like we, we would do trial and error on things and this would work and, you know, and people would like this and we'd keep it and other things wouldn't work and we would you know take it back to the drawing board and say hey you know that's obviously not what people want so let's change it up a little bit so you know everything that you kind of see today at the races is has been chiseled down you know over the years and trying to trim the fat and make it a little bit better and make it a little bit more efficient and, and that type of thing and um so yeah, so that that that's how Joe and Joyce kind of um, came into the fold and were so important to us. And then I think what was it in 2015 is when they decided to retire and sell to Chris. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's and talk, I had known talk about before that because I okay sure I do like mentioning this because you and I talked about this before our interview. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, my first race was Colorado Bend. I think that was the first year uh, in 2012. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I did the 10K and my friends were doing the 60K or 30K or whatever. Um, but you and Joe were out there barbecuing hot dogs and hamburgers <laughs> for the runners. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is crazy. You know, and it's like, I mean, I wasn't used, I mean, that was my first, you know, large- right trail race but i was like wow this is pretty important i mean this is crazy these guys are pretty dedicated so i mean how long did that kind of thing last uh you know i can't remember when we brought in probably somewhere in yeah somewhere in that area 13 2013 14 15 is when we brought in uh, when we asked Michelle Devaney to help with oh, us. Oh, um, uh, diddle diddle, yeah. Yes, before. Uh, Miss Vicky. So she's, yeah. So she worked with us for, Michelle was probably with us for, oh gosh, I don't want to cut her short. Anywhere from five to 10 years. I can't yeah, even remember great. now. Know, she was yeah. yeah. But it was funny. Yeah, long time. I remember, yeah, you guys making <coughs> for us. And I was like, wow, this is pretty interesting. The race directors are out here cooking well, for us too. <laughs> yeah and you and you um might not have known it at the time but you know that was right around when joe was doing all those hard rock races oh that's and right so yeah. you know joe had a streak of like doing four or five six in a row or something i mean he's he's finished i don't want to cut him short either i think he's finished five or six he's and so he fast. would yeah yeah so he would roll in like because i think that race is like the middle of july and, and so yeah yeah and so he'd either be coming into one of the races like training or just coming back from hard rock and so like not only would he be out there you know marking trail and you know working and making food for everybody but you know he might have just completed the hard rock hundred you know a week or two before so yeah, <laughs> it was pretty yeah. pretty impressive yeah. for sure yeah, i love him um so uh yeah so obviously this thing has evolved over the years and um mm -hmm. you have kind of moved away from that because you moved back to wisconsin uh mm -hmm. from texas and what year was that 2020 so we've been here for two years okay and how's mm -hmm. that feel how's it feel being back in wisconsin as opposed to texas i'm sure the summers are lovely <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i can't i'm sitting out on my deck right now looking oh, at so jealous. green trees and i get a <laughs> little stream down below <laughs> us yeah so so yeah um it's bittersweet 
you know, it's bittersweet. I, I mean, there's a lot of things from Texas I miss. You know, I miss the community, the friends. I miss, you know, everything got got upended when COVID hit. And yeah, um, I mean, you know how that was. I mean, it was so challenging for everybody. And mm-hmm. then, I mean, we had we had just decided to move like three weeks before COVID hit. Oh my <laughs> and god! So, wow! Yeah. Serendipitous. Yeah right right so it was pretty wild so um so yeah I mean I love being back close my parents are my neighbors and you know I just I saw my uncle this morning he walked over and my you know my mom stopped in and my dad you know came by to see what we're doing so you know I think I'm I'm blessed to be able to to um you know be that close to them and to help them as they age what's that I said, how are the kids adapting? Uh, they're good. You know, it's hard. I mean, it's hard. It's how just, are they? You know, are they, so I've got a 15, 16, 17, and 20-year-old. I was going to say, I knew so they were all teenagers or maybe just a little bit. Yeah. They're great. So yeah. freshman, June, I've got a, um, a fresh, going into freshman year, a boy, going into junior year, another boy and then my youngest daughter is going to be a senior this year and then my oldest daughter is actually working at camp eagle so that oh, we've nice. got a we got a chris mcwaters tejas trails camp eagle connection there so Fun. what a great place yeah. i love that place yeah. i don't yeah, like yeah, flying yeah. there but i you know, i like that place <laughs> yeah yeah but, well uh, and that's how i met chris is that uh Oh, do you really? remember Josue Stevens? Do you, do you remember Josue? He familiar, but not new. I, I I won't I won't pretend that I do know him, but the name is okay. Familiar. Yeah. So who is well, that? he? Lived in Austin for years. Uh, just an old friend of mine from from probably I think he moved out of Austin in 2012 or something like that. But he is a Spartan race director. And he, okay. Um, directs that race in Nicaragua called Fuego y Agua, which is just an amazing amazing race but um but anyways Josue and I he and I started the Hill Country Trivium together and then we had this other race called Hunter Gatherer which was down at um Camp Eagle and it was kind of this obstacle course racing slash survival slash ultra running race it was all Josue's idea you know like people would run 10 miles to a spot and then they would have to like make fire with a bow you know a bow drill and then they would run another four miles and they'd have to make their own spear and hit something with it he had all these crazy (laughs) obstacles yeah so that so we had that down at Camp Eagle and that's when I first met Chris Mm. and then and then uh, you know Joe had gone down there to put on the new aces run before they turned it into j and j so that's kind of how chris came into the fold of you know tejas trails Mm -hmm. um and that was my first recollection of of meeting him and then when and then when they when they trans when chris um bought when chris and chrissy bought their races from joe and joyce in 2015 then that's how he and i kind of came together you know i had had the past with tejas trails and joe and joyce and it just kind of made sense for us to 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 bring our our races together right right yeah what a yeah. great thing so all right yeah. let's, get, let's get to the uh let's get to the the main topic here uh even Ooh. though even though this is not a main topic but i mean uh <laughs> but let's talk about your accomplishment uh tell me about this uh <laughs> I hate to call it this, but a, a thing. <laughs> I'm not sure how long you did it for, but you did a marathon every day for how long? 400. Holy. 400 Crazy. Yeah. Okay. Why? <laughs> well, okay. So in, let's see. So um, I think it was 2017. Okay. Um, 17, 18, right around in there. You know, I hadn't been running that much. Mm-hmm. I had been doing more directing. Um, we had started that Tanahas race and the festival. And oh. I just felt like I was kind of getting away from from my running and to be honest with you I had a little bit of imposter syndrome right you know I'm out there at two o'clock in the morning telling people you know ah, oh, suck it up or oh you can do it or whatever and I'm like god I can't tell you the last time I ran a 30k or a 50k so 
I just felt like I kind of needed to to get to kind of touch base with why I got into race directing and running to begin with. So um, in the fall of 2018, after the Captain Carl's races mm -hmm. were finished, I decided wanted to see if I could put in a hundred mile week. Wow. And so I was like, well, let's see if I could do a hundred mile week. So I did a hundred mile week and I was like, well, that wasn't too bad. Right. Um, I and I die. had done, <laughs> what was that? You didn't die. I didn't die. And I had a good base, you know, coming off the Captain Carl's races. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of physicality, you know, marking horses sure. and stuff like that being out in the sun. So then I was like, well, let's see if I can do another week. And so one week stretched into two and two turned into three. And I didn't have really any plan. I was just feeling real well and I was running and um, and I was running, a, a, you know, more and just, you know, things were things were clicking. And then I was like, well, let's see if I can do Bandera 100K. So then I did 37 miles in prep the week you know, like on Monday before the, the race. And then I did the hundred K um, and that was my hundred miles for that week. And, and then I came up to the Tanahas race, which was at the time was in March. Yeah. And I was like, well, well I'm going to have to stop, you know, the streak because I gotta, I gotta put on this race and I can't obviously be running while I'm putting on the race. So I ended it at like 20, I think I did 2,500 miles in 24 weeks and oh. I ended it there. And it's funny because I was that race, um, Stephen Moore came out and I think he won the hundred K oh, and he that. and I, yeah, no, really nice. Super Bad. fast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Probably one of the, if not the best long distance runner in Texas, at least to my knowledge. Oh, I agree. In the last, I agree. Yeah. yeah. And he and I were talking at like three o'clock in the morning about, um, <laughs> you know, like if he, what his next plans were and he had a little twinkle in his eye and and while come to find out he had just turned 50 and he went down and set the um the record at western states that had like oh. stood for like 30 years or something like that for, for the masters yeah yeah and so i was like well you know why don't i try i'm like i have a good base i i remember do you know you know john sharp don't you of from san course. antonio yes. yeah 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 so sharpie had put out on facebook oh god probably 10 years ago you know has anybody ever tried to do a marathon a day and that was the first time i had ever heard of it i'm not sure where sharpie heard it from so much like him <laughs> yeah right so in 2012 i tried to do a marathon a day and i got to 50 and then i was started to have all these inflammation issues Ugh, and yeah. so after the Tanahas race, like I said, I was in good shape. I'm like, well, let's give it a go. So, you know, I started doing one and two and I put a week together and then two weeks together and two became three. And then my first big challenge was I had the festival to direct in uh, June. And that was at, that was at day 90. Ooh. And then um, Chris and Jonathan, you know, Jonathan Thomas. Of course. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. They were nice enough to to help me out a little bit with that race and fill in where I couldn't and and so I was able to get that day in and then Joe and and uh, Chris came out and ran with me on my hundredth uh, day oh. and so that was really special really special to me I asked them to come out and we ran most of the marathon together yeah um, and then I got to the hundredth day and I was like well what if I keep going. <laughs> The big issue really was the Captain Carl's races. I'm like, how am I going to be able to direct these races and still run a marathon every day? And so I'm like, if I can get through the first one, the Pernalis, I'm like, you know, maybe I can get through the second and the third and we'll just kind of, you know, the old sports cliche. I know you're an old journalist. So, you know, just one day at a time or one, one game at a time, coach, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, so then I got through the the first Captain Carl's and, you know, I'm, I'm sure my work suffered a little bit uh, because, you know, I basically I was getting up in the morning and going out and running a marathon and then going out and marking course and, you know, just doing everything that needs to be done for the races. So uh, it was a lot. Is it your schedule flexible? Let's try this again. Is your schedule flexible at this point uh, for your work? 
Right, so I was doing home health, right? Oh, and God. I was okay. self-employed, but you know, four kids, everybody was in sports and stuff like that. So the basic sure. parameters for the whole marathon a day was I had to run 26.2 miles every single day. I had to do it between 3 a.m. and 3 a.m. Oh. Right? These were just per these were just parameters that I put on myself. Yeah. And it had to be, it couldn't be on the road and it had to be outside. Oh, geez. It had to be, uh, yeah. <laughs> so it had to be outside. It had to be, you know, on some type of trail. grass trail, yeah. you know, anything that I could find that wasn't paid. Soil. Yeah. And I had to get it in before 3 a.m. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And so those were just the basic, you know, the basic parameters. So I would, you know, I was that dad who was, you know, running seven miles around the kids' soccer practice around the I think I'm running around Strava, yeah. 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 <laughs> just whenever I could, right? You know, I mean I had a lot of downtime when I was at kids' events and stuff like that, you know, where I like I don't need to watch every single one of the kids' soccer practices, right? So them you know, that. instead of sitting there <laughs> well, you know, as opposed to sitting there on my phone or God, you know, yeah. doing whatever. So, yeah. you know, I would I would watch them as I would run around, but I was just trying to be productive, you mm -hmm. know, while I could. So I would have liked to have been able to run them, you know, just just start at mile zero and go all the way through twenty six, but just time and life did not, you know, allow for that. Because it was actually easier mentally to just start and stop than have to go pop it up. You yeah. know, yeah. Because I'd always be nervous, like, okay, well, what's, you know, something would happen, but you'd be flat tire, or I'd, one of the kids would get sick, or, you know. Yeah, so, no, I get yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and, like, we went back to see my parents, and we drove back to see my parents a couple of times. Well, what do you do when you're driving cross-country? You know, like, we would drive from uh, Horseshoe Bay to, to St. Louis, you know, in 10 hours. Well, what do you when do? am I going to run a so I would get up in the morning at like three three oh one. I'd be out there and I'd oh. you know bang out twelve miles and then get in the car and we drive six hundred miles and I get to my mother in law's or somewhere and you know we'd be sitting down at eight o'clock for dinner. Bye. Gotta go. And I'd be like bye. And then I you know I'd come in at one a.m. <laughs> and then we'd wake up the next morning and you know drive to Wisconsin or whatever. Did, yeah. did the family so. understand all of this? Yeah, at first they didn't, you know, when I was doing those hundred mile weeks, Nyla was like, something's oh, up, you know, something's yeah. rotten in Denmark. And then, you know, I kind of told <laughs> her my plan and, and she was super supportive and, you know, cause it was definitely taxing on the family. I mean, I'm not going to lie. No, I, you know, there was, I imagine why not? Yeah. But I did, I did figure things out. You know, when people say, oh, I don't have time for stuff, at uh -huh. least in my life, it was like, I just had to prioritize. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, I didn't watch any TV, gotcha. you know, I didn't spend very much time on the computer. Like, you know, I didn't spend very much time on social media. I wasn't, you know, reading a lot. I mean, so like any of my free time I was, I was running. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it, it was definitely a, a time crunch, but it was doable. It's not, you know, I think people can, if, if, if any, you know, if anybody can take things away from this podcast is that, you know, if you can prioritize and yes, it's, you know, it's a trade-off because there were sacrifices, mm -hmm. um, but you can find time to do things. Most people can. I mean, I, I don't want to speak enough. for everybody, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. So then your family was supportive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so then we got through, I got through Captain Carl's and then, and then it was just, you know, I was in a groove between, you know, two and 400. The 400th was probably is the easiest one. I, I had planned to go to 500. Uh -huh. um, and I pretty sure, you know, I could have done it because, you know, it was just so rote by then, uh -huh. but we were moving. Oh, and right. the house was for sale and and that was an obstacle I couldn't you know Nyla's like I need your help <laughs> she's like I can't do this alone we can't sell the house and move and I can't have you when you know she didn't you know she wasn't it wasn't an ultimatum or anything like that but it was know, just you know a conversation we had that we're, I was, yeah, yeah yeah no yeah. that's and, great so yeah yeah so you ended up with 400 wow that's amazing. That's amazing. And so yeah, uh, it's just like a Guinness thing or. 
No, I think the some guy had like six hundred and seven uh, or yeah. something. But but I, I what you know over the when I put together what kind of is able easier for me to figure out in my head because I'm a big picture kind of guy is that when I add up the miles that I did up until I started the four hundred or the marathon a day. It, I think I did a little over 13,000 miles in about 550 days. And so that puts me at running about halfway around the world Damn. in about a year and a half. So, <laughs> so that was, so like that to me, you know, I, that was a, a pretty big accomplishment for me. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. Yeah. and it was, you know, and again, it was just like one of these things like, you know, it started to build its own momentum, right? And it's like, I think, you know, that's another kind of theme I hope people could, you know, take away is that it's like this positive momentum kind of built positive momentum. It was like, once I got to, you know, 30 or 40, I was just like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give this up. Like I, I have all this, you know, physical kind of goodwill that I've built up in my body. And I'm like, I just want to kind of keep going. And And so, the first few weeks were the hardest, but then once you kind of get that ball rolling downhill, it's easier to maintain. Right. And that was kind of another thing that I took away that it's just like, if you can just kind of, you know, you don't have to do that crazy type of mileage, but if you can just not um, kind of ebb and flow in and out of running or whatever it is that you're trying to do, at least for me, it was just so much, it's so much easier to maintain than, like get in really good shape and then take like six months off and then get back into it. Like, you know, eating or dieting or whatever. It's, it's just hard to kind of boomerang back and forth. Like now I haven't been running very much. And like we talked about before we started the conversation, you know, it's like, I I don't know if I could go out and run a half marathon right now, you know, without (laughs) struggling. (laughs) And I'm like, how, you know, just two years ago, I just finished all these miles and, you know, so um, just, yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things, but uh, mm-hmm. absolutely no. But I mean, I, the fact that you were able to accomplish this um, achievement, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, is, is pretty amazing. And I think people should feel inspired by this. And what advice would you give to people who are just sort of average runners like myself or whatever? Um, you know, if they want to, maybe they don't want to run them marathon a day but mm-hmm. what would you throw to them well um make it easy uh, and by easy i mean like i remember reading this short article about how um you know it's about you know just like modifying behavior and like a behavior like if you want to watch less tv they did a, a study about by just putting the remote control like in a drawer instead of having the remote control sit in sit on the the counter by putting the remote control in the drawer you're 17% less likely to watch tv or something like that i don't remember Makes the exact sense. statistics yeah. but but just this little bit of like effort that you have to put in like not making it i mean you and i can remember back when we'd have to get up to like turn the channel right or turn up the volume <laughs> or the tv would have to warm up and you'd be like ah screw it <laughs> right i'm not going to wait 2 minutes for the tv to warm i'm going to go outside right <laughs> just that little bit of pain you know <laughs> Yeah. would deter you from doing that and 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 that's one of the things that I had down is like by the 400th marathon I had my shoes you know I had every set I had three or four set of shoes you know in, in different spots to make it easy like I had no excuse right the shoes were right there the clothes were right there I had clothes in my car I had four or five different places where I knew I could run I could get there in a certain amount of time I had a little track I was lucky enough to have a little track on my property you know so it was like I didn't have any excuse it was just like moments away from me being out on the trail I just had to make that decision to get out the door and then once my shoes were on five minutes later and I was on the trail the miles started to come easier but like if I would procrastinate if I get talking to somebody if I you know open up an email the longer rain yeah not think oh yeah no I I yeah I can stop. Yeah. <laughs> or the longer I procrastinated, the less likely I was going to go do it. Yeah. Right. So it's like, if I remove those I barriers to entry, you know, it was just like, it made it so much easier for me to get out the door and, 
you know, so it's not, I mean, it's not rocket science, but, but that's sure. one of the things that, that made it a lot, you know, simpler for me is to not make, to, to, to put it on autopilot and not have to think about it, you know, okay. not have to reinvent the wheel. Every time I go out for a run, I just had to go do it. Right. So yes. that would be, yeah, that would be my, um, that one of my suggestions. And then, and then one of the caveats to, I think, <laughs> and I, I have no scientific, you know, evidence of this, but when I first tried to do, do to do those marathons, a hundred marathons, and I only got to 50, I was 42 years old. But as you know, Wisconsin is the dairy state. <laughs> I love cheese. <laughs> and so in 2017, I went plant-based uh, okay. for just various reasons. So no meats, no cheese, no dairy. I mean, I'll still have chocolate here and there. It's not like I'm yeah. super, I'm not super, um, uh, I'm not like a zealot about it or anything like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, but when I can, if I have a choice, I was never a big meat eater to begin with. It was the cheese and dairy, but that inflammation. <laughs> and so that was the big thing is that, is that my my body was able to recover you know i was putting in 190 miles a week for you know i can't what is it um you know 60 some weeks and so my ability my body's ability to not get inflamed and to be able to recover from day to day again i don't have any you know it's just empirical but i was five years older instead of being 42 i was 47 now and i did you know 10 times the amount of mileage on this different diet and so for me it has made a big difference you know but i know there's a lot of runners out there who are like keto and you know and that type of thing but i just had a, I had a real bad inflammatory response and i felt like dairy was a big uh, from what I had read. It's funny for somebody from Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like blasphemy up here. You know, uh, for sure. sure. No, yeah. I mean, no, I get yeah. it. I mean, I, I tried to be vegetarian for a long time and then I moved to Texas and I was like, okay, there's just no way this is going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. No, I, yeah. I totally understand. So do you have any other goals for yourself? uh in the near future or anything um well i have a 50th birthday coming up in january ah, so i thought i thought yay. maybe next summer and in to january do fun. 17th are you an aquarius i'm a capricorn uh, you're on the cusp though right yeah 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 it's like the 14th or something like that when's yours uh February 12th and so I'm an Aquarius but yeah uh, okay I know I've I, I <laughs> I'm like a thing I have a thing about Aquarius but also caps because caps are very uh organized and whatnot so I get it yeah <laughs> anyway so tell me about that is one thing that I did not do like like you know it's <laughs> funny I was do you know who Robbie Ballinger is he was hey. a a vegan runner and he ran across wow. the United States while well, I was listening to his like right around I think it was like I was on marathon like 238 or something like yeah. that and I was it was just like on a Wednesday or whatever and I'm sitting there and I was at mile 18 or whatever and I'm at my car and and I'm listening to his podcast he's on the Rich Roll show and I, I really like Rich Roll's podcast uh -huh. and uh and I was listening to him and he was talking about his run across the United States on a plant-based diet and whatnot. And he had his like sister-in-law with him and he, she had like this diet all diet dialed in. She's a dietitian, and, you know, he had all of his miles down per day and he was very spreadsheet oriented about, about it, which is great. So that really works for some people. And I'm thinking great. to myself, yeah. I got my Green Bay <laughs> Packer like lunchbox. Yeah. with like this this oh, like jar of of like nasty peanut butter and a couple of like <laughs> overripe bananas and some figs right in this bag and i'm like <laughs> i am so the opposite of this dude i'm like i have no plan i'm like i just have got this big kind of picture i'm like you know so curious yeah. <laughs> yeah so for some people you know like that like works for them they have to have that you know spreadsheet they got to do their certain miles God, each day like, like i can't do that like hey. i just get you know i beat myself up if i get behind <laughs> on it and it's just like 
yeah, like that just doesn't work for me. So like I just have That's to kind why of you're on the cusp. <laughs> yeah, that's right i probably should have been something else but... you probably should have been an aquarius but that's, yeah yeah i know I have... so maybe something fun for my 50th you know but when is your 50th? My... 50th will be january yeah january this year, this coming year. Yeah, yeah yeah so maybe next summer but i gotta i gotta start i gotta start training so but you you got anything you said you had a hundred mile coming up. Yeah, I got this thing uh, at the end of uh, the year. It's uh, over New Year's weekend. Oh, the snow drop. Yeah, yeah. Snow drop. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I've got that. And I've just like my running, my my training has been sort of crap this summer because it's like it's so hot. It's hard. It's like it just really is. But you know, hopefully, yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, after if I don't get it this time, I am just going to say okay ain't happening and so i think well, in that race too like isn't there like I mean, weather can be an issue right well, yeah. i mean it can be like cold and nasty and yeah yeah i mean this past year i did the relay and it was like in the 80s and i was like holy crap this is nuts for you know end of december so right you just have no idea and so but you know my hope is that i can get this thing done i mean I'm going to sleep as much as I can. I know it sounds dumb, but, uh, you know, and do this in, you know, if it takes me 55 hours, I don't care. I want the buck. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and after that, I am just going to be like, okay, <laughs> 25 Ks and beyond, you know, or, yeah. and that's it. I mean, listen, right. I'm one, I'll be 62 soon. You know, I just, I, I, I need to draw a line, you know? And so, yeah, right. that's my feeling, you know, but, yeah well don't beat you i mean i'm kind of the same way i haven't done a hundred miler in 12 years i mean uh, last time i did a hundred mile race was in when i was 38 i mean i'm gonna be 50 soon i mean i've done 100ks and obviously i did that long stretch but you know it's like i, I there's a couple of you, you know joanna brand right oh yeah 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 she, she has said you know she's like yes. she's like i'm just a She's like, I'm not doing a, you know, I'm not doing anything longer than a half marathon anymore. She's like, I just don't want to. Like, I that's not why I come out to these races anymore. And I like, I get it, right? I get no, it. You it, know? it does. It gets to a point where you're just like, and I've talked to Orly, you know, Orlando Montanville about mm -hmm. this, you know, and we're just kind of like, okay, if I don't get this this time, it's fine. You know, then yeah. I'm not going to do it again. You know, I mean, I've done 100K and that's fine. And mm -hmm. you know what? I just have to deal, you know? Yeah, I think you can. I mean, I think it was, I think you know, I, Joel, you know, Joel Schmall, right? Yeah, Joel and Julie. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that. Joel said to me what he did. Yes, they're so awesome. Um, he did the 200 mile race, oh, right? Yeah. The Bigfoot, whatever. And Crazy. he was saying uh, that he thought that the 200 mile, I think it was him, if I'm giving credit to him and maybe I'm taking it from somebody else. I'm You're sorry, probably. but, but, uh, <laughs> But they said that the 200 races, that they felt that they were actually easier because the time constraints were so, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still, yeah. I've heard that they're still like super, super hard, right? So, yeah. like, you know, in, in context, but right. that but having that much time, you know, you could build in sleep and, you know, so he felt like, you have that, to. yeah. yeah. So I think if you, you know, weather, weathering permitting and you planning it out correctly, I I definitely think you can get it done. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, like I said, I've done the uh, relay a few times and I've watched my mm -hmm. friends who did the hundred miler and I was like, okay, they slept for, you know, six, eight hours or whatever. I don't mm -hmm. plan to do that much, but I'm like, okay, I can sleep for a while and then maybe I can come back out and do this again, you know? And I think that's right. It's very possible. So I pray to God because I don't want to go through this again. <laughs> <laughs> no but give yourself kind of like what we were talking about before give yourself some like basic rules yeah right you know like okay i'm gonna sleep for whatever but then you know after that hour and a half well, like I, i'm getting up and i'm walking if i have to but like oh, you course. know because if, if you if you I leave it open-ended yes yeah yeah but like if you leave it open-ended like in, are making these decisions kind of you know on the fly you start playing tricks with yourself right oh. you're right and no, so absolutely. yeah yeah no i agree yeah. i agree so yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway well listen it's been so lovely talking to you um i am going to stop this right now
All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Um, it was really fun talking to him. And um, yeah, so um, so you're not stuck with an episode of just me talking for a change. Um, so yeah, over the weekend, um, I did a really cool race, um, another Tejas Trails race um, called Bridgeland. I think it used to be called Cypress Fest. It's um, out at this, uh, these trails or a park uh, in the Bridgeland neighborhood of uh, outside of Houston. And um, it was really, it was really a, a cool course. I really loved it. Um, it was just, I think I bit off more than I can chew, um, to use a cliche uh, that doesn't even really fit. But uh, yeah, I, uh, so yeah, it's outside of Houston. So that means it's going to be flat. And, and it was, which was nice. Uh, and, and surprisingly, the trail reminded me a lot of uh, mission trails uh, down in the valley. And um, I mean, you know, with the exception of, you know, a couple of mountain biking ramps and some things like that, you know, but um, yeah, it really was not very, you know, technical as such, you know, people were wiping out because they were paying attention to where they were putting their feet. Um, I managed to I overheard Chris mentioning that there was this really, as he called it, sweet drop at the uh, end of the uh, course. And I was just kind of like, but he was talking to the 5K people and I thought, oh, maybe they're, you know, they've got something special at the end. And well, guess what? Everybody got it. Um, yeah. And this thing was really steep. It was just a dirt hill. You know, uh, you have to go down. Again, if you know how to run downhill, it's great. Um, I'm not very good at that. And um <laughs> And also, I still kind of have this fear in the back of my mind of what happened to my friend Louisa, you know, a few years ago, um, doing Bandera when she broke her ankle and, you know, going down a pretty uh, slippery hill. Um, I still sort of have flashbacks about that, too. Um, yeah, so anyway, I uh, I did start down this hill, and then I just ended up sliding on my butt, you know, down it, and I, I got pretty filthy. Um it had dirt in some interesting places. Uh, <laughs> um, I did sign up for the half marathon and um, stupidly, um, and this is again, you know, you always learn things. And uh, the thing that I learned was that um, I always respect the distance, even if it's just a half marathon. And I mean, years ago we could, you know, I could bang out a half marathon like it was, you know, a 10 K or something. It's not a big deal, but to be honest, I haven't been doing many long runs. I mean, probably the longest one I've done, you know, lately is like eight miles or something. And which I still feel like would have put me, you know, within striking range of, of being able to, you know, you know, complete this distance without dying completely. But I uh, made a mistake in that I chose to not do the mass start. And I do, I do like not doing, starting with the giant, you know, cloud, <laughs> cloud of people or whatever you want to call it um you know just because i end up you know being in the back and then i knew there'd be a 10k and a 5k after me and i kept thinking oh god these people are going to be really fast and they're going to be running over me and i'm going to be off the trail you know the whole time and i just kept thinking i'll just start a little later uh you know kind of a little bit more relaxed atmosphere you know i basically had the start to myself um and I think I started about, I don't know, five or 10 after eight, something like that. Not before I uh, ended up jumping in and helping Chris McWaters uh, at the uh, finish line aid station. They, they had a little gap in uh, coverage. I think everybody was at the, uh, all the volunteers were at the um, start finish or the um, packet pickup. And they had not yet migrated over to the finish line. <laughs> I saw Chris just like, I mean, Chris is so tall, so it didn't, you know, he made it look easy, but he just kind of like hopped over a, um, a cooler and, you know, behind, uh, and then went behind the table to help somebody. And I'm, I'm sitting there like, oh God, he needs help. And so <laughs> I go wandering over there and, um, you know, I'm helping him fill up, you know, ice you know, put ice in pictures and stuff like that. And uh, he's like, don't you have a race to run? I'm like, yeah, I said, but I didn't want to leave you, you know, without anybody. And, and but then he managed to get on the, the horn to uh, PJ and they moved some volunteers over there. So it was covered. In fact, by, when I did come through, um, 
at the end, uh, yeah, that was, it was a very well covered, uh, aid station or it looked like it anyway. So, uh, but yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. I was like, Oh God, always the, always the volunteer brain, you know, <laughs> but anyway, so I, so I started off and, um, it was humid. It was very humid. Uh, it was, it was definitely hot. Um, and I think I recall looking at the temperature before I started and it was something like, it was like in the nineties, but the real feel, I think about hundred already. And so, Whew, yeah, it was, it was rough. Um, and I wore my, uh, you know, my water pack, you know, I had a couple bottles, you know, we had one with uh, liquid IV and then the other one with water and I had frozen them overnight at the hotel, um, which was a great idea because that kept the water cold the whole time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I actually could run, you know, I know I ran most of the first couple of miles and, um, and then I just started getting hot and then I started to poop out and, I don't know. I just, I just wasn't really paying attention to what I should be doing. And, and, and I, I was just, uh, I was enjoying it. it. It was fine. You know, it was a lovely trail because it was, everything was, was covered with, uh, you know, trees. And so you weren't exposed to the sun, uh, which really made it a beautiful course. I can't wait to go back. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so I kept playing games with my brain, you know, as I'm going through and, uh, it's supposed to be a six and a half mile loop, you know, cause then if you put that together, it's like 13.1 or whatever. And, um, but this thing was getting really long and I was, and ultimately I think my, my watch registered at like 7.59 or something. And I'm like, Oh God, I don't want to go back out and do that again. You know? So I decided to drop. Um, oh yeah. And there was a guy uh, who was standing on top of one of the, um, bike ramp things they have these you know because mountain bikers they like these little bridgey things bridgey things it's like wooden and you know planked whatnot um and he's like there's a copperhead over there and i'm like what and uh and i'm like oh god where and he's pointing and i can't see anything and to be honest i don't think i've ever seen a copperhead i don't know why i was picturing them as different colored but this was like a kind of like a pink looking snake and um i don't know really why it's called a copperhead but anyway it doesn't matter but um and i'm like would you mind staying there until i get past <laughs> like the snake is going to come out and you know attack me or something you know and which he did he was very the guy was really nice and uh, there's a woman that came up behind me and I don't, I don't think she was terribly amused by my stopping and you know she's just like oh it's not gonna it's more scared of you than you know you are of it and da, 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 da. And I'm just like, okay. And I just followed her <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, got past it. But yeah, it was, it was a nice little, you know, uh, snake and it was just all curled up on the side of the trail. And, uh, I think it came from the river cause, uh, the last part of the course uh, runs along the river. And, um, I imagine that's where the snakes like to hang out. And so I was also kind of playing games with my head <clears throat> as I was making my decision, as I approached the finish line, I, I kept thinking, do I really want to go back out there and deal with that snake again? Like, oh, it's going to be sitting there waiting for me. I know I have the most irrational thought patterns, but, um, yeah. And then sliding down that, that hill, um, really did not make me very happy. And, um, I just kept thinking, God, I don't want to do that again either. Cause I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt, you know? And so I managed to just talk myself out of it. And plus I was just feeling horrible. It was really hot, did not throw up. So that was good. Um, but I, I kind of sat down in my little chair and I drank a Mexican Coke, which I had sitting in my cooler. And, uh, if you've never had a Mexican Coke, I highly recommend it. They come in bottles, not, uh, like glass bottles. Um, and, they have cane sugar in them and not whatever that other stuff is in regular Coke. But I mean, I'll drink regular Coke if I have to at a race, but this was like magical. And I just sat there and I drank my Coke and I was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? You know, I mean, it was like a little after 10. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was super late, but, um, I also realized later that, um, because I started late that my time was, um, the the gun time and not my chip time so my my chip started running at 7 30. because when i looked at my results i mean i know i dropped but i looked at my results and i was like saying i had like had done it in like three hours i'm like what and then it occurred to me that's what had happened and i was like oh god then, you know then the shame comes in it's like oh my god people are gonna look at that and just think i'm really super slow but um 
Oh, well, um, you know, you can live and learn. Um, but I also uh, got to to do this race with a, a friend of mine. I think I mentioned her a couple episodes ago, uh, Yvonne uh, Alsbury. I uh, knew her from the Valley, and then she moved up outside of Dallas. Uh, she works in HR. And, uh, yeah, she's been getting back into it. And she's also doing the uh, snowdrop race at the end of the year. And, uh, and she's, you know, admittedly um, not in her best running shape um as she was you know several years ago because i think she did the whole captain carl's 60k series and uh she you know i mean she's a beast i mean she's got a good mental attitude <laughs> she's ex-military so i don't know maybe it has something to do with it i don't know i'm just kind of i don't know i'm all over the place my brain will i can i can you know write out some tough stuff and then other times i'm just kind of like eh you know just quit <laughs> it was just stupid but um but yeah so she and i <clears throat> we uh, met up uh friday night and uh, shared a hotel room and um she was doing the half as well and uh, but she decided to start at the um you know the, the mass start because she was worried about her finishing time and uh i probably should have started with her but i don't know i guess i just decided not to and that was a that was a logistical mistake. This is also the first time I've done a daytime race <clears throat> in the summer um, that was longer than a 10K. And um, I just, I don't know, you, just, you forget about it because like I've done these night races in the summer and, and that's just a different animal because it's getting, you know, progressively cooler, you know, as the night goes on. Um, and, and so that's, that's not uh, as big of a deal. Um, I mean, I still can throw up and, you know, feel like hell but um this this was a you know something i just hadn't planned for and i just hadn't really you know felt like finishing that then i've never dnf'd a half marathon before so i feel kind of embarrassed but uh i don't regret my decision um but you know it just sometimes it happens and i you know it was a learning experience i definitely learned a few things um but i did really enjoy the race i mean i thought it was they did a really nice job you know, marking the course and, uh, and whatnot. And, uh, and I still, <laughs> because it is a looped course that I think the longest distance is a marathon and people have to do four loops, um, of that <clears throat> seven and a half, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, and I still was getting a lot of the, the fast people, uh, coming up behind me and then I'd have to jump off the trail, you know, and in hindsight, I kept thinking about it too. It's like, I kept, you know, jumping off the trail into these leaves or whatever. And I'm really lucky there weren't snakes over there because that could have really been ugly. Um, and I, you know, again, not really thinking about what I'm doing. I'm just kind of like, do, do, do. Um, and another uh, fun aspect of this race was um, I was using my, uh, those uh, Aftershocks headphones, which I really love. They're, they're like an open uh, format um, in that they don't cover your ears. They use the, um, what do you call it? The, the bone from your uh, ear canal to conduct the sound. And um, so it leaves your ears open so you can hear what's going on around you, which is very handy on the trail. And I had a, uh, well, Spotify uh, that created a playlist for me and uh, it was pretty good. It was, yeah, it had all kinds of stuff on it. Um, uh, one of my, one of my favorites was, uh, Joan Jets, you're gonna make it after all the well it's the theme from Mary Tyler Moore and uh I love that song and I was like midway through the loop and I was like yeah I'm not gonna quit <laughs> I needed that song later on um but uh yeah there's some other good stuff I don't know Spotify really does have a pretty good algorithm and uh but anyway so yeah there's that and then this coming weekend um I am heading up to uh Colorado Bend State Park um gonna volunteer and run the 10k um because that that was my first that was my first Tejas race and um well you know that because I talk about it in the interview with with Brad um but yeah that was it's a special race for me and um I don't think I could ever do a 30k out there again god that's just oof, I would just be out there all really I'd be out there for probably about nine hours or something at this point because I'm just you know uh, I'm becoming much more of a hiker, <laughs> but, um, I don't know, but I'm still out there plugging away and, and trying to get the miles in. And, um, again, my foot's been bugging me a little bit. So I've been trying to roll that out, uh, roll out the knots with a, 
a stick so that you know uh, the rolling stick so that will kind of loosen up the fascia because i do not want to get plantar again that was horrible um yeah and especially in light of all the races coming up um i think i i signed up for well i know i did uh no i haven't signed up for it um i'm gonna sign up for the mission tejas uh race um which is i think second last weekend in october um again that one's outside of houston it's a little further out but it looks like it's a fairly flat course but i'm gonna i i'm i'm gonna sign up for the 50k <laughs> to get myself <clears throat> to get myself ready for this you know odyssey at the end of the year um and then i'm planning to do the uh, 50k at wild hair and then of course the 50 mile or <clears throat> i don't know what's going on with my voice all of a sudden it's gotten kind of weird um but doing the 50 miler at Brazos and then Snowdrop and, uh, you know, I just, I've got to work on that mental game and just, you know, stop giving myself permission to stop. <laughs> and, um, you know, and again, it, it's just, sometimes I get lazy or just, I let my brain, you know, get in the way and, and, um, you know, there's, I mean, I probably could have gotten through and I would have been fine, but I don't know. I just wasn't in that mood and plus i knew i had that three hour drive back and i was just like oh god and it was just so insanely hot driving back it was just like 102 103 degrees <laughs> it's just been apparently it's the hottest summer ever in san antonio so um and i can vouch for that it's pretty horrible and you know, we haven't gotten any rain for weeks and um or any anything appreciable so it's I don't even really have a yard anymore. It's just sort of like <laughs> dust and weeds. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, but anyway, but yeah, so, um, but it was, it was a good experience for me. I mean, like I said, I learned, I had to teach myself that, you know, you don't just sneeze at a half marathon. It's actually a half marathon and it's challenging. And, um, you know, but here again, you know, back in the day, you know, say five, six years ago, I could, bang that out and not really think twice about it but you know the way my training's been going uh of late i just and the and the fact that it's been so hot it's just i know that's that sounds whiny but it's just sometimes you get out there and you're just like oh yesterday i went out to uh, this one park and there's all these hills and of course it's like scorched earth and it's very exposed and um i just ended up hiking for about three miles because I couldn't, I just really wasn't in the mood to run. So, I mean, I felt like, well, it's time on my feet. I'm doing something. So you know, I can't beat myself up all the time, but anyway, uh, wow, this episode's going to be really long. Um, anyway, well, I hope you, uh, enjoyed the episode with Brad. Um, and, uh, I'll probably have some tales from Colorado Bend this coming week and, uh, yeah, and we'll take it from there guys. So, um, I think that's all I've got for now. I will see you next time.